Hello, and a very warm welcome to a new episode of World Build, brought to you by World Architecture News from Alison and Nav. In today's episode, we speak to Kimberly Dowdell, principal at HOK's Chicago office and former president of the National Organization of Minority Architects, about HOK impact, corporate social responsibility, environmental stewardship, and equity and inclusion. Kimberly works with the Chicago Studios leadership team on strategic business development and marketing initiatives and is a mentor to the firm's emerging leaders. She is a 2020 AIA Young Architects Award recipient and was recognized for her activism efforts by Architectural Records 2020 Women in Architecture Awards program. So welcome, Kimberly. It's lovely to be able to speak to you again after we had our episode on the Women Build podcast. To start with, can you tell us a bit about HOK Impact? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, HOK Impact is an initiative that started a little over 10 years ago now. It was a group of uh, younger employees, um, myself included, along with uh, several others who got together and we we realized that we were doing a lot of different things within our communities, whether it was a mentorship program or uh, some kind of pro bono effort or giving back you know, in just various ways. And, and throughout HOK's, uh, you know, 23 offices, we, we knew that there were a lot of things that were happening and we wanted to, um, you know, have a, a conversation firm-wide about what, what we were doing to not only measure our existing impact, but also to amplify it. And so I'm really delighted that a decade later, we're still uh, doing this work and, and we're um, having an impact throughout the globe, um, you know, both as a, as a global firm, but also in the individual communities where we have offices. So now that you've got 10 years of experience with this under your belt, is there anything that you will be doing differently going forward? Um, you know, I think that we, you know, have a good sense of, of sort of who's very involved and, and, you know, the organizations that we support. But I think that if we were to look at the next 10 years, we, we maybe would want to do more around um, measuring, you know, the specifics around hours. Uh, hours spent and, and money spent and, and things of that nature to um, to really be able to tell uh, a more met- metrics-driven story. So when HOK Impact was formed, employees were encouraged to volunteer time and do some fundraising. What sort of ideas did people have and what work has been done as a result? Yeah, well, I think each office is empowered to, to give back in different ways or to fundraise in different ways. You know, one office might do, uh, you know, a T-shirt sale. Um, you know, there might be like a design for a T-shirt and then, you know, it gets produced and, and sold. Um, you know, another group might just, you know, ask employees to share information about a particular project with their networks and, and do sort of like a GoFundMe or, or something like that. So it really just depends on on what's happening. But, um, you know, one of the things that's really great about HOK Impact is that, you know, the initiatives really take on the characteristics of the individual offices. And how do you want to see HOK Impact expand, grow and develop over the next five years? Yeah, I mean, I think HOK Impact has, has done a really great job with um, both recruiting strong talent that's looking at our firm versus maybe other firms that don't have um, such a formal commitment to giving back. Um, so continuing to help us recruit great people um, and retain great people is, is one of the things that I think we're really proud of and maybe doing more of that over the next five years. And what do you think is the most rewarding element of the program? 
you know, when we do start to see, uh, you know, a small portion of, of the students that we mentor decide to go to architecture school and then, you know, eventually graduate, I think it's really um, quite rewarding to see them, um, you know, enter the profession in some cases work for HOK. So I think that's, um, that's a really uh, great outcome. Um, but then also, you know, we've, we've worked on a number of pro bono projects where, um, you know, there have been cases where, you know, we've, we've won a project later on, you know, that's based on just building relationships in the communities um, where we're trying to give back. And so, um, you know, that's certainly not why we're doing it, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's a great outcome and it is somewhat atypical for, um, you know, for a firm to, uh, to, you know, to, to be invited to, um, you know, to work on a small scale project. But in those cases, I think it's also really important that um, HOK taps into its network of, of other, um, you know, consultants and designers to actually um, share opportunities with smaller firms, maybe women-owned firms or minority-owned firms. And it must be really good to see the progress in people that you mentor. Regarding funding, does HOK support these programs financially or is it supported purely by volunteers? So for the most part, it is volunteer time, although we do have um, a certain amount of budget allocated. It, it really varies from office to office. Um, you know, the various office uh, leaders come up with their own um, you know, set of policies around the uh, amount of funding that can be, be allocated towards HOK impact. But, you know, generally speaking, the, the participants, um, you know, they might bill to that HOK impact project number, um, you know, up to the limit. But then, you know, they're happy to spend some of their own personal time, you know, as volunteers to, to supporting efforts as well. And of course, the more people that come through the system, the more likely it's, it is to be replicated in the future with these people taking it forward. So that's one element of corporate social responsibility in architecture. If we go back to the beginning, how do you define CSR in architecture and, and why do you think it's important? Yeah, I mean, I think to put it simply, um, corporate social responsibility is about being a good neighbour. And, you know, at HOK, we feel as though, you know, in all of our different offices, uh, we want to be a good neighbor, whatever that means in that particular context. And so, um, so we're excited about HOK Impact, you know, celebrating its 10th year. And, um, you know, we're really doubling down on, on what we're trying to do for our local communities, whether, you know, it's partnering with schools or giving away scholarships or, um, you know, supporting a park cleanup and, you know, all those, all the various different things. I mean, there's an unlimited number of possibilities of things that we can do, but, you know, we really draw upon our, our designated impact champions in all of our offices to work with the office management to figure out, you know, one, what the budget is and two, um, you know, assessing what the individual, you know, office members are, are most interested in and then, you know, really curating a plan, um, you know, for the year based on on those, um, those elements. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be good neighbors and we want to see our communities flourish along on, alongside our firm. So if a company was interested in embracing CSR more thoroughly, what what do you think are the basic steps that will make a difference quite quickly? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, one of the, the early steps is just to kind of do an assessment of what, you know, what the local community is most in need of. Um, and so that could be, you know, Having, you know, I found that many, many of our firm leaders, for example, are on, are on different 
um, nonprofit boards in their local area. So, you know, taking a survey of, you know, what some of the um, more influential organizations in a community, you know, what those needs really are and seeing if there's alignment with what HOK or you know, whatever the firm might be, whatever, whatever the, the company, uh, whether it's an architecture firm or another type of company um, can give back. I think um, drawing alignment there would be important. Uh, and then also just look at look at the low hanging fruit, look at what you provide and figure out ways that you can um, offer that. So, for example, at HOK, uh, we have a lot of uh, younger people who are eager to give back to the next generation. So, you know, participating in the ACE Mentor Program, which stands for Architecture, Construction, Engineering, which, you know, supports high school students in, in gaining exposure to architecture. Um, many of our offices have a partnership with uh, with the ACE Mentorship Program, and we have our firm members participate. Similarly, the NOMA Project Pipeline Summer Camps, which uh, stands for National Organization of Minority Architects, um, which is where I was formerly the president. Um, we have summer camps for kids every summer, uh, for middle school and high school students to, again, be exposed to architecture. And so uh, HOK offices often, you know, send their, um, you know, their, t- their firm members to, uh, to participate in those. And so, you know, figuring out where there's a need and how we can fill it, that's, you know, really the advice to anyone who's looking to give back. And certainly there are, you know, fundraising opportunities everywhere. I mean, any nonprofit organization in a city or a community um, they're going to have financial needs. And so if there is a particular group that um, really aligns with, um, you know, the company's interests, I think that's uh, that's another way. So, for example, the United Way or the Salvation Army, um, you know, there, there's just an unlimited um, set of opportunities, but it's really up for the, uh, the firm to decide what they want to prioritize and then also what the needs of the community um, are expressed to be. And also to give these people the opportunity to be heard, really, to give them aspirations. Exactly. Just to know that their voice matters and that their work matters and that they are, um, you know, they're doing good things that other people want to support. So moving on to the term environmental stewardship within CSR, I think this means different things in different countries. But what's your interpretation of it in the U.S.? So I've felt for a very long time that environmental stewardship really means, you know, more than just the environment, but I think it's about, you know, the planet, of course, but also um, people. And so looking at um, sort of the socioeconomic uh, aspect of, of sustainability is really important. So I see it as sort of the triple bottom line. I think, you know, economics will always be uh, part of the equation and, you know, increasingly, there's more understanding around the environmental aspects of things, but I think that really tying in the the social and cultural aspects are are really critical. And so, you know, since 2005, I've sort of um, believed that we should look at things from this kind of multi-dimensional aspect of things. Although HOK has been really at the forefront of um, environmental sustainability since uh, the 1990s, we uh, wrote a book called the HOK Guidebook to Sustainable Design. And I think that, you know, there has been a focus on uh, the science of things, you know, as it relates to uh, the planet aspect of it. But I think that in you know, the last few years in particular, and I think, you know, probably 15 years, we've been more thoughtful around, um, you know, how everything ties together. So, you know, from my perspective, environmental stewardship is about uh, creating environments that work for people. And so, um, you know, really thinking about uh, social, uh, economic, environmental uh, issues 
all all at the same time. It's it's more complicated, but it's it also creates a more uh, comprehensive approach that is inevitably more sustainable. And so, um, so I would say that if you're not talking about uh, the multi-dimensional aspects of sustainability, then you know you're kind of uh, it's it's a missed opportunity. And and do you think some countries are embracing it more than others? Where do you feel the problems are still lying? I mean, I think that different different places um, see it in in various ways. And at least in the U.S. context, I think that there's been more of an acknowledgement of the um, sort of intersectionality of of these things. Whereas, you know, and frankly, I can't speak as much on on other countries because that hasn't been my experience. But I, I think that what's most important to, to note is that as places, you know, start to come out of the um, come out of the coronavirus pandemic, that we look at what what has has worked and what has not worked, and I think that um, this is a unique opportunity or a unique point in time um, to really understand how, as as humans, you know, regardless of where you are in the world, uh, this is a, a point in time where we can say, okay, we were successful in doing this, but not successful in doing that. So this is kind of an inflection point, um, which you know helps us look at um, our physical environments because I, I think at, at least in the U.S. there is a, a clear um, sense of inequity when, you know, certain populations of people were uh, impacted um, by the coronavirus more than others, you know, based on race or um, income level and, and where they lived. And so I think that that dynamic does exist, um, you know, throughout the world. And so having each country take a hard look at uh, where things were not uh, equitable, I think that's uh, that's a good point of departure to really look at um, you know sustainability from from that perspective. And how do you think environmental stewardship is going to develop over the next five to ten years? What are we going to see? Well, I think that the more we start to to draw the links between you know the ecological aspects of things as well as the social, I think that more and more cities, communities, countries, for architecture firms, uh, and generally speaking, the corporate world will start to see how tied together we are from um, sort of a socioeconomic standpoint. So I think that there's going to be greater understanding around how these things intersect. And so I think that's what's really exciting about this kind of next frontier of, you know, one, coming out of uh, COVID-19, but also, um, you know, looking at uh, even the next five to 10 years, celebration of 10 years of HOK impact, um, you know, we're really creating more language around um, equity. We're creating more language around the intersection between the environmental aspect of things as well as the, the social and cultural. And so I would say that, you know, as we look to the future, uh, you know, more of our projects, both pro bono and, and our, our for-profit project are really going to feed into, you know, how is a community impacted by a particular intervention? Um, how are the, the stakeholders engaged? Uh, what is the the profile of the team from a diversity standpoint? You know, who's involved? Who's making the decisions? And again, how, how much agency does a, a local community have in talking about what happens in their, in their neighborhood or in their town? Uh, and so I think that there's just going to be a lot more emphasis on community engagement 
and stakeholder involvement. So one of the goals for the second decade of HOK Impact is to expand on the mentoring program to reach more aspiring architects, engineers and designers from underrepresented communities, including your longstanding partnership with the ACE Mentor Program. How does the practice plan on expanding the mentorship program? Yeah, well, I mean, there, there are two two aspects of, of kind of our understanding and our, um, you know, real drive towards bolstering our efforts. And so one is internal, the other is external. So externally, we understand that, um, especially through our work um, and partnering with NOMA, thinking about ways that we can diversify the pool of architects who actually help um, to author the future of our built environment. We think it's important because all communities are impacted by design. And so we would like to have, you know, a bit more uh, representation of those who are currently underrepresented. And so programs like ACE and NOMA, and I'm sure there are many others that maybe aren't national in scale, but, you know, are are local to a particular, uh, you know, city or community. Um, you know, all these programs are important because at the end of the day, they provide uh, exposure to what architecture is so that young people can make those decisions. I decided to become an architect when I was 11 because I knew what it was and I had a real interest in it. But if I had maybe learned, you know, eight, 10 years later, it would have probably been too late. But then also internally, um, you know, HOK uh, has a, we actually have a mentorship program within the firm so that once someone comes into the firm, we want to make sure that they still feel supported um, by a somewhat formal um mentorship resource. And so we've created the um, HOK mentorship program um, for, I mean, it's really for everyone, but, you know, there's a special emphasis on on younger architects who are navigating their licensure and their continuing education and, um, you know, frankly, just learning how to understand, um, you know, the, the dynamics of the firm. And so that's actually been really important to us to make sure that we're, uh, again, both recruiting and retaining really strong talent to do the, the great work that we do throughout the world. Um, and so I would say for the next, you know, 10 years, we're, we're going to be very focused on helping to diversify the pool of, of young people who know about architecture, um, pursue architecture. Uh, in fact, we actually just launched a, a scholarship program um, to help, you know, in part fund, uh, you know, some of the, the students who uh, have applied for our, our new scholarships uh, to, to go to school because we understand that, you know, financial uh, limitations will, you know, they, they obviously impact um, the the diversity of, of the candidates that uh, that we have to choose from, um, you know, to, to join our firm. And so we want to help address that at, at, you know, every step of the way. So, um, you know, we just, we, we want to make sure that there are very little places where we can lose people from, um, you know, their initial desire to become an architect to becoming a successful architect at HOK. So you mentioned that you decided you wanted to be an architect at the age of 11. And perhaps if you had been any older, you might not have actually been able to pursue it. So what's being done to ensure you are reaching the youth when they are still able to see this as an opportunity and see you as role models? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's important that we um, you know, partner with local schools and in, in the Chicago office where where I'm based, we uh, have teamed up with a couple of schools to actually do presentations. Uh, you know, we certainly uh, support the ACE mentorship program here and the NOMA Project Pipeline summer camps. 
you know, I'm excited about Ingenuity, uh, but, you know, HOK supports, you know, organizations like that. Um, again, ACE and NOMA and, you know, individual schools. And so, you know, just really figuring out where we have connectivity and, and how we can leverage, um, you know, our resources to make sure that, you know, any kid who um, has any potential interest uh, in design or architecture or even art for that matter, you know, that they, they feel like they, uh, you know, can pursue that by seeing examples. There's a, a quote by Dr. Marion Wright Edelman that says, you cannot be what you cannot see. And um, it's just important that uh, that architects, whether they're at HOK or, or elsewhere, are, are somewhat visible so that um, young people can see that there is a potential feature for them in design. And finally, what has been the work that you have been most proud of, what you think has had the most impact? Okay. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I've, I've been involved in so many different things and I would say that, um, I'm most proud of, uh, and you know, what, what I think has had the most impact, even though it's still kind of a, a work in progress is, is actually my presidency of NOMA, um, from 2019 to 2020, um, because we actually really did focus on, um, expanding our, uh, well, actually the, the, the platform that I established for my presidency was called All In For NOMA, standing for Access, Leadership, and Legacy. And Access is really about that K through 12 uh, and college student and, and pre-licensure group. Uh, and so we we, de- we dedicated a lot of funding to, um, you know, our, our project pipeline camps. Uh, it's actually pairing uh, college students with firms and um, you know, really bolstering an emphasis on um, diversifying the pool of architects who uh, who enter our profession. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. I think it's been very informative. Fantastic. Well, thank you for having me. It's good to speak with you both again and I wish you a good rest of the day. We welcome your feedback on the podcast. So please aim all your comments to waneditorial at haymarket.com. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So follow, download and join us. Thank you.